Welcome to another episode of GBB Live. My name is Sean Coleman, your host. Pleasure to be with you. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Friday. And I cannot think of a better way at this point in time in the NBA calendar, cannot really think of a better person to talk about all that's going on with the Memphis Grizzlies, including, including a move that just happened. But how about a former host? How about Parker Fleming? Parker, what's up, man? Good to have you back. Guess who's back, back, back. Guess who's back, back. Yeah, that's me. What's up, Sean? Glad glad to be here, man. Always good to chop it up, talk Grizzlies basketball with you. And yeah, you know, the the moratorium is now lifted in the NBA, suddenly the start of the new NBA calendar year. So that means news is starting to become official today. We're still waiting for one particular one to become official, and we'll surely – get into that but you know sean i think you're doing an excellent job running gbb live frankly you know you're you're the man for the job uh, obviously from all the brilliant stuff you've done from guest hosting and uh being a host on the lot on grizzlies podcast and and then all, all the information and cool stats that you find it's not a better man for the job so i'm glad you're doing this i'm glad to be on here i'm glad to be talking grizzlies basketball with you man Absolutely, and absolutely one of my favorite people to talk Grizzlies basketball with. The great thing about Memphis Grizzlies and the coverage of the Grizzlies in terms of local talent, there's just a ton of it, but it, there may not be anyone better than Parker. It doesn't get much better talk, when talking Grizzlies basketball with Parker. And Parker, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if the Backstreet Boys version of Back Again was better for you or Eric Bischoff's I'm Back entrance music. May have been better from the from his WWE days. I, I'm kind of yeah. No, I was entrance I was going more of like Eminem and his Slim Shady days. There that's, you go. That's kind of like what I was going for there. There Not you go. Like Backstreet Boys kind of vibe. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's people. People. People would have either guessed Backstreet Boys or Eminem with me. So like, you know what? We ball anyway. So yeah, we're back talking Grizzlies basketball. That's my mistake. You went with Eminem. That that just shows my age. But of course, we're, we're very happy to see Parker. And, and Parker, you know that this gets us right into it. Of course, let's go through a lot of you know, the different things you can obviously find. You know, the Grizzly Bear Blues Live podcast, part of the Grizzly Bear Blues Live podcast network. Now, BCM Grizzlies with Bluff City Media. A lot of different podcasts out there. The Next Gen Pod, the Nine Hundred One Pod, Free Basketball, the Core Four. There's a ton of different podcasts through Bluff City Media. Make sure you check it all out. And of course, also check out um, Parker's new opportunity. Of course, you know, many people know that Parker you know, was with Grizzly Bear Blues, but now Parker is out and about doing some great things on his own for a great cause. Uh, sub, sub Stackalicious? I can't ever say it right. Whoa, whoa, no. Sub Sackalitas. So it's no. after Grizzly's great. Uh, Jake Sakalitas from from the old days, like the Pyramid, early days of the FedEx form. But yeah, that was like my first favorite into the bench guy when I was a kid. And just, you know, I, I thought with the the sub stack, sub stack and then just kind of have like a Grizzlies pun with it. Sub Sakalitas, you can call it sub stack for short. You know, I post all my stuff everywhere. Twitter, uh, threads. Now I post all my stuff on there, too. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely cool for sure. I was kind of making my fun. That was kind of self-depreciating uh, humor on my end because if people that people that have talked with Parker himself knows I'm horrible when it comes to pronunciations, but uh, that's what Parker and others have been there for for years to back me up. But we'll let Parker obviously, um, you know, promote his great work here later in the show. But Parker, let's get right into it. The reason why I wanted to have you on this edition of Grizzly Bear Blues Live was kind of to sum up, talk about, you know, the moves that have been made. And we both have talked about, you know, in detail what the, you know, move of trading Tyus Jones for Marcus Smart means, you know, all that different stuff. But there are some other moves that, that have been announced but we're waiting for other shoes to drop. But but I think right. you know there's different perspectives on that. So let's let's get right into it. What we'll first start with is the move that just happened. For anybody listening to the show, we're recording this right after a, a bit of a mini woge bomb came involving the Grizzlies. The details of the trade um, is that the Grizzlies have agreed to a trade with the Phoenix Suns in which the Grizzlies will be trading their two the, the 2025 second-round pick for that they have from the Pelicans. And the Grizzlies own, I believe, 2028 and 2030 second-rounders. may have been their 
2000, two second rounders between 2028 and 2030. So again, from the Grizzlies, the 2025 Pelicans second rounder, and then two of their three second rounders between 2028 and 2030. The Grizzlies are trading those three second rounders for the rights to Isaiah Todd, as well as the ability for two first round pick swaps in 2024 and 2030. Now, the, the parameters around those pick swaps are that it would be the lesser of the Washington pick and the Phoenix Suns pick in both of those drafts. So to give an example, if in 2024, Washington is you know the 11th overall pick, Phoenix is the 21st overall pick, and the Grizzlies are the 26th overall pick, the Grizzlies could then swap with Phoenix because that's the lesser of the Washington and the Suns pick. I know that's a lot of details, Parker, but yeah. the floor is yours. What is your initial reaction to this move? A bit of a you know rare, odd trade, but I think something that definitely has significance. Yeah, it's definitely an, uh, it's definitely a move for the NBA sickos out there. They're like, let's go a pick swap of a pick swap. I mean, you can't get any more sick than that. But I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just savvy. I would say. Like it's not flashy. I, I think you're reaching a little bit if you're finding anything to criticize with this move. Like it could be nothing, but it could be something. Like you're banking on the upside of it. And if you're worried about losing the second round picks, I mean, guess what? You could buy second round picks for cash on draft night. Like it's not it's not that it's nothing bad to it. And frankly, you know. The Grizzlies took advantage of a team looking to replenish its draft assets. Because I want to say they traded almost, I think, all their second-round picks in the Bradley Beal trade. I think the Suns did that. And obviously, they had already had first-round picks dealt in the Kevin Durant deal and in the pick swaps with Washington for, for Beal. So, you know, they're trying to replenish capital because, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, they're going to be in that second apron for a while. And they're going to need to find a way to build a roster out with, especially with the parameters and the punishments of the second apron uh, in the new CBA. And so the Grizzlies took, all right, well, let's give them some draft capital and let's see how we could benefit from this. And for them, they're banking on, you know, the fragility of a mid thirties, Kevin Durant and early thirties, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker as well. But I mean, those three guys haven't necessarily been the beacon of health over the past several years. So, I mean, you you could look up next season and the Suns have the 20th pick or the 18th pick. And it's almost like, all right, so, you know, prior to this season, prior to this last draft, prior to the 2023 draft, the Grizzlies have traded up in almost in every single draft, Sean. Every single draft they traded up. So it's almost like they did that ahead of time. They traded up. So this could easily be the 24th pick becoming the 20th pick next year or something like that. If if the Grizzlies have a better record than the Phoenix Suns next season. Getting them into the 20 there, guess what? You're that much closer to trading into the mid-teens, which, again, that I, I feel like as this roster is getting more expensive, Stuff like that is valuable. Where can you work around the margins and doing stuff like that is it's not again, this could easily be nothing. Like it could all just it all it could all just work out where like, you know, let's say the Phoenix Suns are better than the Memphis Grizzlies next season. Like, great, all right, you won't pick swap, whatever. Cool. In twenty twenty in twenty thirty, I mean, wow, it feels weird saying twenty thirty. Really is. Like that could be another valuable asset for the Memphis Grizzlies to to move up into the draft just a little bit when by then Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant probably won't be on that roster so hey cool move we'll see what happens it's for the sickos I'm an NBA sicko I like it and the other thing that stands out about this Parker is that you know the thing that we were going to talk about was that okay this is a move that came out of nowhere. This is a move that has happened that involves the rights to Isaiah Todd as well, correct? But the other yeah. move that we were going to talk about was the fact that it seems to be a very slow burn, and every other day it seems we're getting a bit more news. But there is another move out there that centers around Dylan Brooks having signed with the Rockets, 
there's it was you know it's been rumored it's been reported that Memphis is working with the Rockets to turn that into a sign and trade and we know now that there are other parts moving parts to this with Patty Mills having gone to initially Houston then Memphis and Oklahoma City it seemed there were references to the fact that now Mills has wound up in Oklahoma City as part of a five team deal I know that with the Dylan sign and trade not having been made official yet. And with this move now happening, many are looking at the fact that, okay, what is potentially climbing cooking? What could the Grizzlies potentially be looking to do? I honestly think at this point in time, that's not necessarily known by the Grizzlies front office. But they made these two moves. They're involved in these two trades right now for what could potentially come down the pipe. That's why you may not see these moves made official for a while. Because when you look at the landscape of the NBA, you've still got the Damian Lillard trade to work out. You've got James Harden on the move more than likely. You're probably going to see Carl Anthony Towns, potentially Pascal Siakam. You've got a lot of major moves that still have a good chance of happening this summer that the Grizzlies could pivot a lot of different ways to be involved in to try to improve their roster. So I think that's the whole big takeaway about this. The Grizzlies, to your point, took advantage of the fact that Phoenix needed some second-round picks, so the Grizzlies gained the opportunity to improve two of their future first-rounders, but they've also put themselves in a prime position to pounce or pivot on other potential moves that can happen across the league as the summer goes on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, that Kleiman has had a habit of doing this where, you know, he'll take on contracts and just kind of see what he can work with. There's always another shoe that drops. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, uh, they have like, for example, like in the past years, they've had like Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, just like it's a simple wave. And now the Grizzlies, I think you could take in 20 players into your training camp. I don't know if that changed with the new CBA, especially with the addition of a new two-way spot. I mean, they can carry this all the way until training camp, and they can see what they have with Josh Christopher or Isaiah Todd before making a decision on them. And, I mean, that would be smart. I mean, I, I personally, I like the talents of Isaiah Todd and Josh Christopher. I don't know what their fit is on this Grizzlies team or if they're ultimately on the Memphis Grizzlies roster on opening night. I mean, those are good flyers worth taking if that's what you want to take. And, um, but yeah, I just, I, I like the savviness going on here. We'll see what happens with these next moves. Obviously, this this move that we're waiting on with the Dylan Brooks signing trade that kind of lingers within it all. And I think another thing worth mentioning too is like while the Grizzlies, you know, they're acquiring Josh Christopher in the deal. You know, I know Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports recently reported that the Miami Heat had Josh Christopher on that on their radar, which is probably something that's supposed to be a potential ripple effect of bringing in Damian Lillard and having their depth kind of cut. It's like, okay, let's take a flyer on Josh Christopher, see what he can do. But yeah, I I I like the moves, you know, and we'll see kind of what transpires over the next i'll say next several months because of training to camp and the fact that you can bring in those guys into training camp absolutely and and you know i know that you know for me you know discussing you know all these other moves around the nba that could happen and the grizzlies have put themselves in a position to where they potentially you know could pounce at the right situation presented itself you know that could be the case but that's just one potential outcome that could come from all this the Grizzlies may not decide to do anything else for the rest of the summer in terms of making a significant move to improve the roster in the present. But let's also talk about the benefits of these two moves that the Grizzlies have made for right now once they're completed. How else they can benefit Memphis if it doesn't lead to an immediate upgrade for the roster? For one, now you've, as we mentioned, Parker, you've got 17 players on the roster currently. And I think it's worth significantly noting, you've also got, you know, Vince Jackson, Jacob Gilliard, as well as um, uh, Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams, Gigi Jackson, and Jacob Gilliard on two-way deals. One option is obviously pouncing on a significant talent upgrade in another trade this summer. 
But the other thing that the Grizzlies could do is from this trade exception that they have with um, the Dylan Brooks sign and trade, that becomes a bit of insurance, right? That allows for them to potentially go into the season. Let the young wings play out who will really emerge for a Santi-type leap. And if that happens, you're in great position. If it doesn't, that trade exception from the Dylan sign and trade is good for a year. You then can make a move to bring in a veteran during the season. That's one thing they can do as a benefit of these moves. The other thing the Grizzlies could potentially do is what if you potentially want to move off, say, a John Conchar and his future salary to cut future salary? Maybe you can get a second or two by moving off of him of trading him to another you know, um, team. Then you have Christopher or Todd who could take his roster place and you've replenished the seconds that you've sent out. The whole thing is, is that the end result of this or the true value of this is not in the Grizzlies making, you know, potentially another immediate move to bring in a roster upgrade. Kleiman's calling card is making moves that lead to future moves in time. And so the Grizzlies mm-hmm. have not only positioned themselves to make potential future moves, but they've also gained roster insurance. They've also gained the ability to replenish their treasure trove of twit, uh, picks while also improving two future first rounders. There's so many potential benefits at different levels of significance. And to me, that's really the true intriguing aspect of these moves that have been made. Right. And I I do want to, can I ask you a question? Actually, it's a series of questions, if you don't mind. I know you're the host of the show and I don't want to, right. I just want to make sure that I'm not sounding crazy thinking this in my head. Okay. So yeah. can I ask you these? This is, hey, hey, the, the reason why I enjoy talking with you, Joe Molinax, many others, Listen, the best podcast is just two friends talking about the team that they love, so ask away. That's right. So let's say – all right, so the starting lineup, would you say you're fairly 100% confident that a 100 – everyone 100% and back on the roster, your a starting lineup is definitely John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams, correct? Yes. With no potential path – with no potential reasoning to move either Smart or Adams to the bench. Correct. Correct. At that point, why use the trade exception to go get a veteran wing when you have a shot of, as of right now, you could develop three wings to be the backup three? Because right now you would probably say Kennard, I actually will say I will go ahead and say Rose. People will say Rose. I do think that you'll see Kennard and then two of either Zaire Williams, John Conchar, Jake Laravia, David Roddy, and then you have Santi Aldama at the four, Xavier Tillman at the five. Is there any reason to go get a veteran wing unless literally all four of those options just aren't panning out in a given just the track record of this talent evaluation in their in their development. So the talent evaluation from the front office development of the coaching staff. Is there any reason to go get a veteran wing that just is isn't really much of a needle mover? It's just like kind of great to have, but just kind of let one, two of those guys develop over the course of the season. I think it's a great question because I I literally was just thinking this to myself today. You know, what if all this leads to the Grizzlies going to get, for instance, Dorian Finney-Smith? Okay, that makes some sense. But if Steven Adams comes back healthy and then Jaw comes back, I don't think Dorian Finney-Smith or Luke Kennard are making you change away from going with Jaw, Smart, Bain, Jaron, and Steven Adams as your starting lineup. Right. And then you've got... Luke Kennard, as well as Dorian Finney-Smith, on your bench. And at that point, to me, that's a very intriguing top seven for a playoff run. I definitely think that's the case. But if you have that from the start of the season, that also really impedes the potential development of what you have for your young wings. When instead of that, instead of doing that, you have the trade exception. You give your young wings time to be able to develop early in the season, and then you potentially could use your trade exception later on in the season if a big injury occurs or if those young wings don't develop or what have you. 
I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I, I definitely could talk myself into a Dorian Finney-Smith type move. But the more that I think about it, and especially now that we're talking about having seen some intriguing play in the Summer League so far, which we'll get into in just a moment, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. It it makes sense to kind of wait and be patient so that if you're going to use, if you're going to cash in that trade exception, you're doing it in the most effective way possible. Yeah, and that goes without saying, like if they come to a point where it's like, hey, they can turn Zaire Williams and John Conchar into like a guy like Dwayne and Finney Smith. And then next thing you know, your top eight for a playoff series. It's Ja, Bain, Smart, Jaron, Adams, Kennard, Finney Smith, and Santi. I think people are really kind of underestimating the kind of improvement Santi can make to be a bona fide playoff rotation player, especially after shooting what 40 something percent against the Lakers in that playoff series. Like I think there's improvements for him on the way. Like I'm I'm definitely not gonna rule out that or turn my nose to it if that if that's a move that they end up making, but I do think that the Memphis Grizzlies have can have some stuff with this group of young wings. And I'm kind of saying that with both what I've seen from these young guys. And that's, this is not just like summer league high, but it's also taking the flashes that I've seen on the court next to guys like John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. Like this isn't just like, oh man, summer league, this is great. Like all these guys have fair arguments and evidence towards flashes of being productive basketball players and impactful players towards winning basketball. And that's when you got to weigh those opportunity costs of, Hey, should we go get this veteran? Who's, you know, not much of a ceiling raiser, but he's just more of a nice floor raiser. Or do you want to kind of see what you got with the development? I know Anthony Sane has been beating this drum on Twitter of, you know, the Miami Heat. Like, the Miami Heat, over the past couple years, they've made pretty deep playoff runs with guys alongside Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler of young guys or guys that are developed, whether it's Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. We, we even saw some good Haywood Highsmith moments in the playoffs last year. Who's to say the Grizzlies aren't trying to do the same thing and develop their own guys because, you know, you have a chance to raise your – you can raise your floor and your ceiling at the same time doing this. So, I mean, I'm I, I'm intrigued. But, again, I'm not going to – I'm not going to be like, oh, it's so bad to go get this veteran who's going to make the team better. Like, I'm not going to raise like hell. I don't know why the series went off like that. But, anyways. But, yeah, I don't know why – I'm not going to like fret or anything if they go get a veteran that's going to prevent one of the young guys from playing. So that in the end of the day, you're still trying to win a championship. But I do think that there's evidence towards these, some of these players growing to become impactful players down the road for multiple years. And the final point that I'll make about this is that, you know, I think that one of the things that stands out is again, the creative creativity of Zach Kleiman in the front office. You know, we heard him say during the end of the season press conference after last season, you know, he questioned himself. Should he have doubled, tripled down on youth like he did last summer? And so I think that that meant, you know, led many to think, okay, well, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, they potentially will go all in. They're they're going to, you know, go for the vets. They're going to, you know, put in play, put present value as a priority. And they definitely did that with the Marcus Smart trade. But I don't want for people to think that if they don't take what they've done, if they don't take these two outstanding moves, the pick swap move and the Dylan sign and trade, if that doesn't lead to an immediate veteran addition to this roster, I don't want people to think, well, oh, Kleiman's investing in youth again. I don't think that's necessarily the perspective to look at. I think that Kleiman is finding a very creative balance between continuing to put faith in the talents that he's added through the draft and the young talents on the Grizzlies roster, but also having plenty of insurance, support, pivot points, whatever you want to call it, to add a veteran if and when it's necessary to keep this team where it needs to be. That's where I applaud Kleiman the most. He's not necessarily making the all-in move because it may not be the best move right now, but he is packing up 
his options to make that move if necessary, while also keeping plenty of opportunity open for the young talents on this Grizzlies roster to develop. I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of this. Plus, again, he's also gained the opportunity to improve two future first-round picks. Some may think that we're looking way too much into what's going on. We're bringing way too much significance to a minor move. But that, to me, stands out about what Kleiman has done. He's found a very creative way to go with a balanced approach of continuing to invest in the youth on the roster, but also creating many different options that he can go to to add more certainty to to this roster in time if it's necessary. Yeah. And just final note on that same part of the conversation, like, I mean, let's take, for instance, last season, you know, Zach Kleiman did take accountability and say that he might have tripled down on youth, but also last season he was going into it banking on the development of guys like Zaire Williams and Jake Thrabia and at the time David Roddy, and it just wasn't painting out. They needed another playoff rotation player. So what did he do? He took Danny Green's $10 million expiring contract and some second-round picks and got Luke Kennard. So I, I think it's like online of what you said of like he – he doesn't make th- these kind of moves just to make moves, but he waits to see how the roster is shaking out, how the fits are shaping out, and how that upside is actually being realized in real time. And if he sees that there's more steps to go, and not just winning a championship that season, but also trying to win a champ- win championships three, four, five years down the road, he's going to make that move. So, I mean, I, I think... I think we're definitely seeing all that kind of unfold and materialize. Like, granted, we're not, I'm not like, I'm like with you over here. Like, I'm not trying to make something out of nothing, but I I do think that we've seen a pretty solid, healthy approach to the offseason so far from the Grizzlies front office. And absolutely. And and, and just, (laughs) we've, you know, we're past the point now of comparing it to the past front office, but the fact that four years in, Zach Kleiman and his staff continue to find different ways of kind of having that eureka moment of coming up with different ways to add value to, you know, what the Grizzlies can have for the present and future. It's just, it's a nice feeling to have, man. It's a really nice feeling to have to find different ways to applaud his efforts. And that's what we continue to see. But there's also, you know, from the summer league so far, Parker, as we shift our focus to, you know, what's going on in Los or excuse me, in Salt Lake city in preparation for what's happening in Las Vegas. The Grizzlies have now played three games over the past four days. And I tell you what, Parker Fleming, there has been plenty of intrigue. I know Memphis right now is losing 94 to 76. You know, they're going to lose this game to the Jazz. But Gigi Jackson has looked spectacular tonight. But he's just one part of it. The Grizzlies talents that they brought over from the from last year, four of their five picks, Vince Williams Jr., Kenneth Lofton Jr., David Roddy and Jake Laravia have all four had great moments so far through these three games. And in a year where the Grizzlies didn't get that significant contribution for the first time in the Zach Kleiman era, they didn't get a really truly significant contribution from their rookie class. Now that rookie class becoming a sophomore class, we're starting to get a really, really exciting start and what their potential could be. We're seeing some great development so far in the summer league. Man, I've loved it. I really have. Uh, I, I know we'll probably get into it more case by case. I mean, I, I'll say, like, with Gigi Jackson, you know, I thought he was probably the most situation-based prospect in the entire class, in this draft class. And the fact that that landing spot is the Grizzlies, where, you know, we know what – this front office and this coaching staff is capable of from a talent identification and player development standpoint. I love the fit. And I think we're, we're seeing with GG Jackson, like a really nice blend of shot creation that we, I mean, I think that's what we're seeing obviously right now from GG Jackson in this game where, you know, David Roddy, Jake Laravia, and Kenneth Lofton Jr., Vince Williams Jr., they're not playing right now, but the shock creation from South Carolina, but also showing a good blend of uh, complementary scoring, you know, spot-up threes, running the floor, and then also, too, he's crashing the glass, creating defensive events. That's really what I'm watching for. If he can just 
if he can tap into his scoring while also adding value as a hustle player with you know defensive events and rebounding, like we're talking about a very, very interesting fit on the wing here. And then, I mean, in the sophomores too, I mean, David Roddy didn't have a great game in the second game, but he had five assists as well. And then he showed real shooting upside and confidence. And Jake Laravia, he was he his shot wasn't falling in that first game, but he stuck to it. He shot at least he shot nine three pointers in each of the last two games. And that's what we've been wanting to see from Jake Laravia. Hunting his shots smartly. And really trying to leverage his really nice shooting stroke into actual offensive production. And it's looking really nice right now. And Vince Williams Jr. shooting with confidence. I mean, you got to be happy, especially since the Grizzlies couldn't go out and get that big wing. Like a Mikhail Bridges or a Gina Nobi. The fact that you have, I guess, the promise of like, hey, someone in this group is going to pan out. It may not be for next season, but we don't necessarily need them to be that guy next season. Let's see what he can do. Let's see how he can grow. But I think we're seeing very positive steps in growth thus far and really encouraging signs in summer league so far. And granted, you never want to get too carried away with summer league, but I do think you got to focus on what you can take from summer league and how it can scale to when they're playing next to your main roster guys, You know, the next to the guys that, your team runs through and like for the Grizzlies, Ja and Desmond Payne, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, and when you have guys running off flare screens, you're like, oh, how can this work next to Steven Adams? Or when they're in a team scheme and like you're looking at a guy like Vince Williams Jr. or David Roddy, you're like, oh, while Marcus Smart is guarding this guy on the opposing team, these two guys can take on the second option on, on the perimeter. You just got to focus on the stuff that you know can scale down. And I think that's what the encouraging aspect of of this summer league experience so far for the Grizzlies Wings is not for the fact of like they're cooking, you know, because as we've seen countless times over the years, players can cook in summer league and it doesn't pan out in the actual league. But if you're adding value and contributing and really playing winning basketball in summer league with a higher role, and it can be scaled down when you're next to your actual team. That's what you take away from summer league, in my opinion, Sean. Absolutely. And the other thing that stands out for me is that we're getting indications of what a year ago, Zach Kleiman was really pinpointing with this draft class. And he mentioned it, Parker, you were there with me. I can't remember if he used the term shot value or shot quality, but we're seeing that, Each of these talents from last year's draft class and Gigi included now, they bring different elements of how they can improve the overall shot quality or shot value for the Grizzlies. For Jake LaRavia, it's the movement off ball, knowing where to find the soft spot in the defense, being able to, you know, kind of move around kind of as a receiver, getting open for the pass like we saw multiple times in that game against the Thunder. For David Roddy, it's the overall spot up shooting, but also the ability with this physical stature, being able to attack closeouts, being able to go off the dribble to the rim if defense is spread out to him. Vince Williams, it's the overall ability to shoot the three, a very low usage option, but someone that could be highly reliable with how good he shot in the G League last year. And then you've got Gigi Jackson, who stands out from a shot creation standpoint for a guy his size, being able to create his own shot. We talk about shot quality, we talk about shot value, and yes, in general, that's something where the Grizzlies definitely need to you know, form some depth. But one of the things that stands out from the shown combo forward group is that each member offers their own version of shot quality that brings different versatility to that aspect of the Grizzlies' future that could really, really be a great source of support for the core for Memphis. Absolutely. I'm with you. And it kind of, yeah, I, I'm just with you. And, you know, it's it's something where you can't get nitpicky with a lot of the stuff that these guys are doing because some of the stuff that they're struggling with are stuff that's not going to be inside their roles. Like, I know what Jake the Ravio is like, well, he can't take anyone off the dribble. He doesn't have any wiggle. But, like, you're not going to ask him to cook in isolation. Like, you're asking him to spot up as your other guys are driving and creating advantages. And as you already pointed out, he's a really good shot relocator for a guy of his experience. Finding passing, finding windows for him not only to receive the ball, but to shoot the ball as well. 
or David Roddy, whether it's taking care of the basketball or, or just creating in general, you're just like, it's like, okay, he, you're not asking him to do that. You're at the end of the day, you're asking him to compliment guys. And if you can find the positives in those complimentary skills, then you'll start to build analysis of summer league off stuff that you think can actually translate instead of be like, Oh, this guy cooked, this guy could be a superstar. Like we, tricked ourselves with Josh Selby and Wayne Selden. Like, it's kind of how I look at it. And to your point, you know, the other thing, though, that stands out about it is, is that, you know, when Memphis goes to these drafts during the climate era, one of the things that has stood out is, is that, yeah, we want to get guys who are good offensively, but we also want to target guys that can contribute outside of just scoring. Guys who we want guys who, if their shot's not falling, they can still offer a bit of value. I think, you know, John Conchar is a good example of that. Yes, John Conchar certainly needs to, you know, have his shot fall to truly be relevant a lot of times. But that doesn't mean that he's not adding value when he's on the court in other ways. I think we're starting to see the other aspects of this group, this group of young combo forwards and Kenneth Lofton, for instance. You know, we've seen Lofton be a good distributor, make some good defensive plays in his time in Salt Lake. We saw LaRavia and Roddy, as well as Vince Williams, make some good defensive plays. G.G. Jackson has been a good source of shot blocking and rebounding. The other thing that stands out is, is that you can see the Grizzlies are working with this guys to expand their overall ability to add value outside of scoring, and it's good to see initial results show that aspect of things to where if the shot's not falling for these guys, they still can be an asset on the court. That's what, you know, when the Grizzlies were going well, when we were talking about the Grizzlies maybe having the best depth in the league one or two years ago, it was because of the versatility of guys like DeAnthony Melton and, and Kyle Anderson and others. It seems like that the Grizzlies could be forming that with these young players as well, their value outside of scoring, and I think that that is a very critical development to many of them sticking with Memphis in the future. Absolutely. You're spot on, Sean. But the other thing that I'll ask when it comes to the Vegas Summer League, Parker, is just one or two things that you're really looking at. One or two things, you know, we've talked about um, Desmond Bain. We've talked about Santi Aldama over the past few years, Parker. Them using Summer League kind of as a springboard to go into their sophomore seasons to really take off. Maybe we can see that from a David Roddy or a Jake LaRavia. But beyond that, is there really one or two things that you're looking to take away from this year's summer league experience for the Grizzlies? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to add for one, uh, definitely as we're waiting for the Dylan Brooks news to come out with the sign and trade details, seeing what comes back from Memphis, seeing if we'll end up actually seeing guys like Isaiah Todd or Josh Christopher suit up for the Grizzlies in summer league. It's like, I want to rule out them playing summer league and then making a decision on their roster status afterwards. I can, I can hundred percent see that. So, I mean, otherwise you're kind of screwing a guy out of playing in summer league and having a chance to up his value and improve on his game and just a flyer on a, a young talent. I mean, I, I thought both Josh Christopher and Isaiah top were first round talents coming out of their draft classes. And has that panned out thus far? No, but I, it's still a, a flyer we're taking. Uh, I definitely like what you've said. I'm really eyeballing that Santi, the Santi esque leap. And it's really with Jake Larry and David Roddy because with John Morant's 25 game suspension, there is an opening in that starting lineup. They could just make it easy and go Luke Kennard, but I think Luke Kennard's value comes more off the bench rather than in the starting lineup because. If you put him in the starting lineup, you're looking at no firepower off the bench. And granted, I do think I do think you can kind of get away with just like lineup staggering and be fine. But I do think that they could that Taylor Jenkins could use this opportunity to kind of expedite the development or capitalize on the growth of one of these young guys. And for me, it comes with David Roddy or Jake Laravia. And the thing with Roddy is, you know, his his defense, his advantage creation, and just the fact that there's been more tangible evidence of him, you know, being impactful on the basketball floor because of the minutes he's played and he's played in the playoffs. Like I can see that being Roddy. I, I think the thing I get weary of is just, you know, he's he's six four, six four, six five. 
uh, you're you're still kind of selling yourself pretty short. And with Jake Theravia, like he's a he's a knockdown shooter when he's locked in. I mean, when he's consistently playing minutes, he's a good shooter. And I think pairing, even if he's just sitting in the corner shooting threes, like adding another shooter in a lineup where you're already going to have Marcus Smart and Steven Adams, I think that's pretty big. And also, too, like your lineup ends up being pretty big when you have Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, and then a 6'8", Jake Laravia, Jaron Jensen Jr., Steven Adams. So I'm really eyeballing who kind of gains an edge in that conversation after Vegas Summer League. And then just from there, you know, I'm just kind of – I'm eyeballing the production of – I'm eyeballing the production of Vince Williams because, you know, he's like – he's been the most consistent – player thus far through the first three summer league games. He's only played in two of them, but he's been the most consistent, really confident with a three ball. He has really intriguing size at six, five with a seven foot wingspan. He can play both two and the three. And I think he's a very interesting prospect who could be a defensive ace event creator, but also too, if he's hitting his threes with, with consistency and confidence you're talking about an interesting player, and he's on this two-way, and I don't think they'll convert him before the season. But let's say the Grizzlies do make a move at the deadline, like a two-for-one kind of move, and they have an open roster spot, they could go ahead and ink Vince Williams Jr. on like a hinky special, kind of similar to what we've seen with guys like John Conchar, Kenneth Lofton Jr., um, Jonte Porter before they cut him, Tillian Tilly, uh, Xavier Tillian, where they get him on a long-term contract, like three or four years on solid money and all of a sudden you have basically another rookie scale extension or not a rookie scale extension and rookie scale guy and a guy like Vince Williams. So I'm eyeballing his consistency and his production because I think he can really generate a lot of, he, he's another option for you. If you come into a spot where you have a roster opening or some or even if he could play himself into the rotation, who knows? I mean, we've seen two way guys make a case for minutes, and Vince Williams Jr. has the goods to be a rotation player at some point in his NBA career. So, those are two things I'm eyeballing, Sean, is who can set themselves up for momentum for bigger roles in the regular season. Absolutely. And, and the thing that I'm going to 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 the great points that you made, I'm going to go probably a bit uh, a bit of a lower level when it comes to who can take advantage of the opportunity that's there for them. But I'm speaking of when it comes to Kenneth Lofton Jr. as well as Gigi Jackson, because, you know, with some of the injuries that are there, you know, with the fact that um, uh, uh, Xavier Tillman is on the last year of his deal. Kenneth Lofton has a really good opportunity where if he takes a step forward with his game, I'm not sitting here saying he becomes a regular part of the rotation or anything like that. I'm just saying that he can make himself a more certain part of the Grizzlies' future plans, potentially, if he can use a very good summer league to springboard into offering more quality minutes you know, at the um, uh, hustle level as well as when he gets opportunity in the NBA. Because the Grizzlies, I definitely do think, could use another intriguing prospect when it comes to their front court. Kenneth Lofton Jr. has that talent, so seeing him use a good summer league as a springboard to where he's not necessarily getting consistent minutes in NBA rotation, but he's showing he's more than ready. If an injury were to occur or a trade were to occur, he could step right in and be that solid front court depth. I'm really intrigued by him. And G.G. Jackson as well. I think that it is not a stretch at all to say G.G. Jackson, despite being picked 45th in this year's draft, I think it's clear he still could have one of the highest potential ceilings of anyone in this draft class. And I know the odds may not necessarily be there for him to, you know, come to that ceiling, but he has a game that the Grizzlies other combo fours do not have the self-creation, the overall scoring ability. I think that he has a ceiling that the other combo fours may not have. And if he could use the summer league to then really go into his year at South Haven and absolutely stand out as being a guy that's like, listen, this guy's not going to be here for long. That's something that would be a great development for Memphis. That could make other other um, roster members of the Grizzlies potentially expendable. And it could provide the Grizzlies with a high upside option that they had hoped to potentially, and they still hope to have in Zaire Williams. But seeing Kenneth Lofton Jr. and Gigi Jackson use the summer league, 
as a potential springboard to become very, very intriguing parts of this Grizzlies franchise for the future. I think that will be a great development as well. Yeah, I will say, and this is like something I'm planning on diving in deeper to because like there's just no with all this chaos that started on Twitter because of Kenneth Lofton Jr. I mean, it's really a flabbergasting to be honest that there's been so much angst and division over the 15th player on the roster. I I think Kenneth Lofton Jr. can play. I think he has value in the NBA as a guy you can put out there for 10 minutes and let him and let him go get buckets quickly. And I I do think there's value there. I think he has legitimate limitations as well defensively. Moving he has passing flashes, but he also needs the ball a ton to be effective. And but I do think, you know, generating more momentum, like you said, with this summer league performance, I, I do think, you know, the roster in the front court's gonna become expensive. I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is in his extension. He's not going anywhere. But you have Brandon Clark and Steven Adams both at $12.5 million. Xavier Tillman is a unrestricted free agent in 2024 who could – they could the Grizzlies could just very well extend. They like X, and he's been a very good component for this team's culture, especially with this uh, – with how he handled the, the hustle assignments and then parlayed that into a larger role in the postseason. Uh and also, too, ne- by next season, you're, we're going to start asking questions as a Santi Altama extension. There's going to need to be other moves to be made. And I think we're, I think we can legitimately start asking the question of Kenneth Lofton Jr. getting rotation minutes. I think it's more of a 2024, 2025 thing. I didn't, I did not intend to get into this on this, on this podcast, but I think that's kind of the thing of it. And that's not to say like I'm a, hater or anything because and that's why i don't go through it onto onto a tweet because i i don't it there's just not a lot of nuance like there's way too much nuance for a single tweet i'm not trying to be a hater it's just like the question shouldn't be can kenneth lofton jr play in an nba rotation is who is he playing over in this rotation and that is not clear right now but maybe when there's more moves but but yeah and i'll say with gg jackson there's not Maybe aside from Zaire, especially the rookie year Zaire and some of the stuff that he showed early last season, there's not many or any wings on this team with Gigi Jackson's skill set. But Grizzlies fans, be patient with him. He's on a two-way deal. Let him refine his game with the Memphis hustle this next season. Let him cook down there, build good habits, harness his skill set into the role that the Memphis Grizzlies need him to play next to that core. And I feel like that will be incredibly beneficial as well. Just as beneficial as playing regular season minutes. So I, but I do think very good points to watch because both those guys too, Sean, very fun guys to watch, especially in a summer league setting. Absolutely. And I think that that's the general theme overall tonight. I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I don't think that I am in any way, shape, or form being far-fetched. It's been a very exciting night for the Grizzlies on multiple fronts. And the reason why that is, is because you're likely going to see there be a lot more publicity out there about the Grizzlies investing in all of these young talents. And I know for you know some parts of the fan base, you know that may be exhausting to hear at this point. But it makes sense for the Grizzlies to do that if they're getting positive returns like we're seeing in Summer League. But the big key to take away from tonight, all the intrigue that we're seeing from the Summer League has been great over the past few nights. That is awesome to see from a needed part of the roster where the Grizzlies need depth and development. But for tonight, specifically with the move that was made with this pick swap and all that, the Grizzlies have created the opportunity for them to, in a more easy fashion, quickly pivot to go get what they need in order to be able to support this roster to remain a hopeful contender as time goes on. Parker talked about it earlier. When we lost Steven Adams in late January and we lost that aspect of how we were winning by having Steven Adams on the court, out-rebounding teams, things, what have you, when we lost that advantageous approach to be able to beat teams, we pivoted by go-getting Blue Kennard and being able to shoot with other teams. 
to potentially be able to win in the playoffs. The Grizzlies are doing the exact same thing now. They're looking to develop their shot quality with their combo forwards, and hopefully that will happen in time. But if it doesn't, they now have the assets and the insurance, what have you, to go make a needed move for them to be able to bring in a talent that can help out with that as the young talent develops. There is nothing negative about having as many options on the table as possible, especially when you have a creative front office, and that's exactly what this front office is doing right now. So while we may not necessarily see immediate value or dividends pay off from the moves that have been made over the past few days, in time it sets up the opportunity that when we make the needed moves, they're going to be even more effective for our future. Parker, what else do you have for us? And thank you so much for taking your time to join us tonight. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be on the show. But yeah, it's summer league. You know, enjoy it. I know a lot of the uh, – several of the people in y'all's Bluff City media staff are going to summer league. Just enjoy it. I mean, this is – it's like the NBA's Coachella, but it's also like the NBA networking event of the year. Um, So just, you know, go go talk to that person you want to talk to and – uh, just stick with their coverage. You know, it's great coverage. You know, even even though I loved it's 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 all love, really. It's all love, really, for Bluff City Media, Grizzly Bear Blues. Um, I'm glad to be on this show with you, Sean. I hope this isn't the last time we're talking ball on this show or on my show of taking care of Grizzness. I appreciate being on the pod with you and let's just watch these guys cook, man. Uh, let's just watch them cook. Absolutely. There's there's a bit of fun in being able to see young guys play well when there's, you know, nothing of consequence. Sure. Yeah, I would love the Grizzlies to, you know, be a two-time summer league champion like they were in 2019. But the whole point is to see in progress and development as well. You can find Parker at Paka underscore Flocka on Twitter. All his great work through his Substack as well as his Taking Care of Grizzness um, a podcast. I will tell you this again. When it comes to the combination of passion for the Grizzlies, overall talent, and just in general, a great dude, there are a few that match up with Parker. I mean, in overall, but you know, in Grizzlies media as well. So, Parker, I'm glad to call you a friend, and I'm glad to call you a fellow Grizzlies media member. It's always good to talk with you, man. Thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Sean. Yep. For Parker Fleming, my name's Sean Coleman. So much to talk about. We'll be back with you soon here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Make sure to follow all the great content. You can find me at StatsSEC on Twitter, potentially on other social media sites as well in time. But make sure to follow all the great content from Bluff City Media, Grizzly Bear Blues, and across all different parts of you know the Memphis landscape. If you love Memphis sports, BluffCityMedia.co is your place to go. For Parker Fleming, my name's Sean Coleman. We'll talk to you again soon here on GBB Live.